Welcome to the Fix Harare podcast, brought to you by Harare News. My name is Tawanda Mudzonga. I'm the editor of Harare News, and joining me is the managing editor, Henry Munangatire. Hi, Henry. Hey, Tawanda. Again, the issue of housing demolitions is coming up in the media. I mean, last week we, we saw people's stands being destroyed in the city, but now we're seeing videos going viral of people's homes being destroyed by city council bulldozers and stuff. Yeah, it's really terrible, and I think I'm really excited to speak to our guest today and hear what he has to say. Today, our guest is urban planner, Dr. Percy Toriro. Welcome to the show, Dr. Toriro. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Great. So I wanted to ask you about the demolition of homes that recently have been happening in Melfort, just outside Harare, but also in general, uh, demolitions of homes that have happened within Harare over the years. Can you tell us, why are people's homes being destroyed? I, I think the demolitions have a factual background, which I think is important in understanding the issue. Uh, firstly, demolitions are done in terms of the law of the country. Um, there are laws that govern how development is supposed to occur and if it doesn't okay in the manner that is prescribed in the law, this can happen. Secondly, I would also want to explain demolition in terms of good town planning, good land use planning, uh, how you can create and manage sustainable settlements that are well managed, that meet the needs of the people that live in them, uh, that ensure that those people live uh, with good health, uh, enjoy basic amenities, uh, and have access to employment, to recreational spaces, and so on. That basically all their needs are met in those settlements. And this can only happen if these are properly planned settlements. Thirdly, I also just want to comment about this in terms of the context, the socio-economic context, the lived reality of the people in this country and in this city or anywhere else for that matter. When you are taking any action, it is also important to consider the lived reality. So as I will be responding to these issues, I want to be going back to those three issues as the principal factors that actually guide how I respond to these issues. Okay, uh, and that absolutely makes sense. But I think what's most interesting to me and to our listeners is that if people are building on a site, if you're taking uh, the financial sort of investment to build on a piece of land, surely people have been given some sort of documentation or they've made a payment uh, in some official capacity that uh, prompted them to build. So how is it happening that so many people are building where um, a council is saying that they have no right to build? So number one is um, there is an assumption that people know. Um, I'm not sure whether everyone knows. Uh, what I would advocate for myself is that there is a continuous knowledge sharing 
um, investment in society. Uh, authorities must periodically inform residents that these are the rules, these are the standards, these are the expectations. Um, then, of course, there is an issue of desperation. Uh, you will know that in this country, there is a huge housing backlog. Um, statistics actually um, indicate that um, we have a backlog of at least 1.5 million units uh, of housing. So this means demand far outstrips supply. And this has been one of the problems. And this is what is driving this lawlessness because people at the same time are going to authorities where they are supposed to get housing. And the delivery is pathetic. There is no hope. And so when they then hear a private development uh, that is happening elsewhere, there is a tendency to, out of desperation, quickly embrace it. But people must know that, number one, one should check whether a development is town planning approval. Does it have a permit? That is number one. Because when the stands are created, a permit is issued. One should be able to ask whether, because that is the first thing that triggers everything else, whether that state can be surveyed, whether then ultimately one can get title and so on. It starts with town planning approval. So people must know that. But I'm not sure how many people know that this is the checklist that you need to have before you get into any development. Okay, uh, and I'm not sure. Maybe you can confirm for us what role corruption is is playing uh, in this issue. Certainly, because corruption has become endemic in this country, it is also very much a factor in all these things that are happening. Invariably, if you ask all the beneficiaries um, in, in some of the demolitions that are happening, particularly in the informal sector, you actually hear names of people to whom payment has been made, and this can be people in an official capacity or people that are just unscrupulous individuals that are taking advantage of the needs of other people. So corruption is, in a, in a way, really complicated the whole demolition issues because now some people deliberately mislead others because they want to benefit out of the allocation. Okay, uh, Dr. Turiro, Mike, last question to you. I understand what you're saying, what you've explained that, you know, that there are processes that need to happen and, you know, order needs to prevail. Uh, not anyone can just build anywhere. But once somebody has built a home, you know, to the point where there's walls and there's a roof and council comes in and destroys uh, somebody's home, is that the best solution? What is going to happen to people whose homes have been destroyed? Um, firstly, it needs to, to be clear that um, all councils have a unit that is supposed to be responsible for monitoring buildings as they go up. Um, this can be called a building inspectorate, it can be development control, they come in different names, but there are units that are responsible to check out buildings under construction and ensure that every building is inspected as a different stage. So it is important that authorities take advantage of these processes to stop things before they become complete houses. 
Once they complete the house, a lot of issues then come in. There is now moral issue. There is now the public sympathy that comes with seeing someone's investment go down. So it is important that um, things are stopped as they begin. You know, but um, there is also a process that unfortunately has been a double-edged sword in that it has been abused in planning law and in planning practice. There is also what is called regularization. If a development has happened without authority, and uh, in assessing it, it is possible for it to be left there and be approved using the correct planning guideline. It can be left there and approval can be given in retrospect. This is called regularization. But unfortunately, this has also been abused. But where I think it is reasonably possible to let development continue, this provision can be used to ensure that um, homes are not destroyed, but provided that it is possible to do so in the interest of good planning and the environment. Thank you so much, Dr. Turiro, for joining us today. It has been my pleasure. Thank you. So, Henry, um, Dr. Torino raised some interesting points about the fact that it is important that whatever housing development happens, uh, for example, what happened in Melfort, there needs to be systems in place. There needs to be uh, sewage. There needs to be running water. Um, you know, there needs to be roads. You can't just set up and build a house wherever you want. What do you think in, in the context of what's happened in Melfort and in other areas of Harare where houses have been destroyed by council? So I think the first thing we still have to wonder is, you know, we have a one and a half million housing backlog in Harare. I mean, that that's quite significant. And given that, you see that this is why there is so much urgency and desperation by residents of the city to find places to build homes. And a lot of these places um, around Harare have now become targets to land barons and unscrupulous behavior. And I think it's shocking that along the line, you know, because when you start a development, the land is identified first, then the surveying is done. And at every step, and from surveying to servicing, which is the installation of roads, sewer systems, and all of that, that's before people even have the permit and the right to build. But at every single stage, town planners, regional planners, development planners, um, building inspectors are supposed to, to sign off at every stage. So what's shocking is that the building inspectors and town planners haven't done their job. You know, in the mm. first instance, when they've said this place, we want to build houses in this place, every developer must submit um, a, survey, uh, a survey to the local authority That's right. to get permission. Mm -hmm. And then from there, they can install the necessary services. So you, you cannot build on any piece of land without showing a plan or servicing that land to show that human beings can live there. Exactly. So the fact that somebody then builds a house, you know, goes up to, and even in the building process, at every single stage, for, for our listeners who built homes, they're aware of this, you have to get the building inspectors to sign off at every single stage. Mm. So all of that was done, and then we wait until the houses are now habitable, and we come and destroy them with bulldozers. And I think the next thing you think of is we've got local authorities, like in Harare, that, that, that they, they can't. There's no diesel to pick up our refuse. There's none at all. You know, we go months without refuse collection, 
by all of a sudden there's diesel to tear down people's houses. Yeah. I mean, how insane does that sound? I mean, we understand the need for order. We understand the need for things to work properly. And every resident of Harare wants that. Mm. But you cannot create order by creating chaos. You cannot create order by raising down people's developments, people's life savings. A lot of these homes are also people from the diaspora that have invested. Mm. So that when they come back home, they've got somewhere to go. And this is how we treat Zimbabweans. This is how we treat people that, that have gone through such a difficult time in this economy. It's absolutely unacceptable. I agree, Henry. Uh, it's, it's very barbaric. Um, it is, as you say, you're just creating more chaos. And now you have people who have nowhere to live, nowhere to sleep, uh, diaspora who, or whoever has made a financial investment just disappeared. And it just seems like there should be a better way to do this. Like you said, no one is disputing the need for order and that there needs to be things put in place. But Dr. Toriro also spoke about the fact that there's a possibility of regularization after the fact, uh, that demolition is not the only way to deal with this issue. I mean, absolutely, Todd. Like, regularization should be the natural common sense thing to do for any local authority. The natural common sense thing to do should say, right, in light of the fact that we, have, we, we as a local authority cannot accommodate and cannot provide housing for one and a half million people, why can't we be reasonable enough to say, right, you weren't supposed to build here. This is what we're going to do. This is the process of regularization, even if there are fines to be paid. You know, even if violations of bylaws have happened, fines can be applied. All of that can be done. But don't destroy people's lives. Don't destroy people's lives. And, uh, you know, and then from there, you know, you, you also start to think of how about the people that have had their homes. So, so fine. Let's say from now on, you know, we regularize all these households that have been built on places that were illegal. About the people whose homes have been destroyed for the last three, four years and recently. Who is going to compensate those people? Mm -hmm. Who should those people go to? You know, what, what I find shocking, and I think I mentioned this in the last podcast as well, regarding the, uh, the issue with vendors, is that it seems to be a big secret about who, who these names are. Who are these people that, exactly. that, that people pay money to? Why exactly. can't we see those people getting called in court, getting arrested? Mm. Why is there no justice? That's not how justice works. Those building inspectors whose names signed off, those town planners whose names signed off to allow a development to go ahead, whoever stamped that should be the person who should be accountable first. And then regulate people's homes. Agreed. Absolutely. This is predatory behavior. Mm. People, people are responding and building homes out of a need to have a roof over our head. That is the first problem. Housing is a fundamental right. Housing is a fundamental thing that cities, local authorities, towns should offer. People should have the option not even to build houses to buy houses. Councils should be building houses for people. People buy homes. Mm. So already the model we have where the only way you can own a home in the city is if you build it yourself, that opens us up to all sorts of things because we're not all going to build according to the standards. Yep. Clearly, there's no capacity within our local authorities to even manage the development process. Yeah. So these are the tough questions we need to have with our local authorities, specifically the city of Ferrari. Why are people's homes being destroyed? From the mayor to the city council to the, to the management of the city of, of city of Ferrari, who are the people that are signing off on people to build our homes? Every area, especially in Harare, every development that happens, councillors are involved. 
as a councillor, you are aware of developments. Mm -hmm. You know, the local district officers are aware of developments. I've never seen a councillor or the mayor or any or any district officer come up and say, this is an illegal um, development about to happen. Let's stop it before it happens and save these people's money. That yeah. isn't happening. Yeah. So those are some of the concerns, Tawanda. I think it's, it's, it's the predatory nature of how this is happening. Mm. It's the cruelty behind this. Um, there isn't any order in mind. There isn't trying to, to create order. It really seems like a scheme of vengeance and abuse towards residents. Absolutely. Um, and when you think about the, the time and money it takes for an individual to uh, get a piece of land, to, to, to build a house, to roof level, you know, it has walls and roof, you know, it's almost ready for somebody to live in there and to have it destroyed in the matter of minutes. It is heartbreaking and it seems unbearably cruel. There has to be a better way. Absolutely. I agree entirely. Thanks so much, Henry. We've come to the end of this episode of the Fix Harare podcast, brought to you by Harare News. Please look out for the next episode, which will be available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Anchor, as well as on Facebook and Twitter on our handle at Harare News. You can also send the message JOIN to 0779-546-772 to subscribe to receive the Fix Harare podcast via WhatsApp. Until next week, goodbye from us here at the Fix Harare podcast.